Funding for Sundays on the East End comes from CP Complete Construction and Renovation, specializing in interior and exterior living spaces. CP Complete focuses on the end result throughout the entire process. Individualized attention sets their boutique construction company apart with a focused, inclusive, innovative, and personalized process from start to finish. CP Complete builds what you have imagined. Learn more at cpcomplete.com or 631-727-5741. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We're going to have a really interesting guest. Uh, in fact, our, our Instagram account, or mine, which is Bridget underscore Leroy, uh, and I always post who our guests are going to be. We had the most likes for this particular guest. We had like over 600 people who are interested in our guest this morning, uh, who is Rachel Stevens from Sweet Woodland Farm in Hampton Bays and is really uh, an honest-to-God homesteader is what I would call her. I mean, she has she has electric and she has gas and she has running water, but uh, Rachel is an incredible person. She, she has sheep and bees and ducks and chickens and turkeys and, and angora rabbits, and she makes salves. I think it's the word is salves. I, salves. I always want to say salves. But, um, but Alec and I are going to have a little conversation first because this brought up an interesting point. Go, go, Sock. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, no, <laughs> the we, floor we, is yours. We, oh, wow. Okay. So, um, you know, heading into uh, this, this conversation, uh, one of the things that I am, I, I'm drawn to is this idea that from what, what I've heard uh, about Rachel is that, you know, she did not grow up in in a in a weird in, cult where everybody <laughs> I, don't, I don't judge you <laughs> might judge I don't judge no, she grew up normal in a in right. a culture of sustainability okay there you go she right? did not grow up in a culture um, necessarily and, of and somewhere in her journey this availed itself to her this lifestyle this decision of where to spend her energy and one thing leads to another, leads to another, and then here's this very authentic being doing something very, you know, wouldn't have been unique maybe 100, 150 years ago, very unique. Well, in, it was kind in, of the only way to be 150 years ago. Right, and speaking of bees, she makes great honey. No, she doesn't make honey. The bees make the honey. The bees make the honey. <laughs> um, we'll but, get to that. I know. Uh, but so I'm, I'm interested in I'm interested in the idea of the kind of principled life choices that we all make, even if we don't know we're making it, that we're then that set, up, set us off on a new direction. And if we can sustain that, well, sustainability, it becomes... A, a princi- sustainable principles, not just living sustainably. Absolutely. So like for myself, yeah. I, I know I'm really shit with like uh, recycling. I know I'm really <laughs> shit with like... Uh, and I'm not gonna say diet, cause, uh, but like with. Yeah, but I know with, what you mean. Yeah, we, you we, know, we, I don't. I when I say shit, I mean like I don't stick with stuff. You right. know, like I. I'm super when, excited when about I, something. When I lived in in Los Angeles, right. uh, you know, recycling was a big. There was a big push in, in the city of Santa Monica to recycle. My kids were like, "We're gonna recycle." We had the blue canister, we had the green canister. We were recycle. I lasted like two weeks, yeah. and 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 I justified it because I saw them pick up the trash and they put both canisters in the same truck right and i just thought well all right well why am i doing this <laughs> which is not me being smart it's just me being lazy or convenient because i'm not but but you do have principles because you you decided at you know 21 22 that you were going to be a writer and Absolutely. that's really that's Absolutely. the only job that you've ever had pretty much yeah no no i it, in my own way in my own journey however i got there when i wrote my first screenplay 
I thought I had written a screenplay. I don't have to do it again. I now have written. What screenplay was that one? Uh, it was something called The Rage of Atlanta that never got okay. <laughs> never got uh, made or, right. or option or whatever. Um, I co-wrote it with, with uh, our old friend Phil Walsh. Oh, yeah. Um, Hi, Phil. And um, I, you know, either have written or co-written now, you know, upwards of 60, 70, 80 screenplays. I, my, my survival. What are the most, which are the ones, I mean, just to, so in case our audience doesn't know and they haven't, like, Googled you already, what are your most successful, like, the ones people would know? Well, my obituary is Toy Story. So, like, I know your that, like, when I, when I die, story. like, that's what they're going to say. It's going to say someone poisoned and then, the and water then, And then somebody from Pixar will be like, yeah, I didn't really do that. Because that's just the way it goes. Um, but the Garfield movies. The Garfield movies, Cheaper by the Dozen, Evan Almighty, and then the video game Skylanders, uh, which I, along with a different writing partner, Joel Cohen, uh, we kind of created the, uh, these are like highfalutin words, but the meta mythology of, in the case of the video game, the product line. Right. But I've spent my entire life in narrative and storytelling and in going down this journey. I didn't know I was starting at 22. I thought this was going to be like one and done. Right. So it wasn't a con like what we're going to be talking to Rachel Stevens of Sweet Woodland Farm about. And you can look at SweetWoodlandFarm.com to see all of Rachel's many, many hats that she wears. But she made a conscious decision to pursue a lifestyle. And I don't think either of us. I mean, I don't know. I, like you said, I mean, you, you thought it was a one and done. You can. We're, we have honey in the studio that Rachel brought from her bees, and she and, cultivated um, her. She, and she works her bees so hard; <laughs> it's unbelievable. But anyway, so, but but uh, my but my thing as far as as career is, I never have really stuck to anything. Although no. the the I mean, the arc looking back is I have always written, but I've also been an innkeeper. I've been a you know a model like an artist model, a nude model. I've been an in, you know the inn was nine years. I've I've been a, a, a minister. I've run women's retreats. I've raised goats and pugs, and and I've I've done like so many. I've done so many. Right, different but but things. but perhaps the unifying principle that we're both talking about in our own ways is that there's the goal is an internal feeling of doing something in a, in the external world that uh, that satisfies us. That's you true. Know? I mean, that's right. It's that simple. Right. So like I have no idea why I, I call writing like a terminal career. I have no idea why I'm 30 years into what I do. But I know it has not only gotten me through my good times and bad times. Uh, it's helped me raise my kids. It's helped explain the universe to me. It's helped explain politics to me, which, by the way, vote, 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 yes, vote, 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 vote. Um, it, it helps explain humanity. It helps explain myself. That is my portal that I go into so so the idea itself is fungible and it just travels through the bigger principled stuff you just use the word fungible I did I'm so impressed you must be a writer yeah a professional but I would one. say that's what you're doing also Bridget in all of your endeavors you are seeking something that makes you feel authentic this is kind of going to a little bit of a Joseph Campbell or, or maybe even a Plato moment um, or Plato's retreat. I'm just moment. dropping it. But hey now, <laughs> hey now, that was cool. By the way, like in the '70s. Yeah, Plato's you see those, those commercials. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, like I would orgies. Roman I would hate orgies. to have been like a paramecium in like Plato's retreat. But you know what? We were we were watching Channel J because we was like Ugly George, and that was that Ugly they, George. That, somebody should make a movie about Ugly George. <laughs> How do you you give a woman money and she would show you her breasts? In that the was '70s, but that was the that beginning. Was whole... But that was like Sex Lies and Videotape before Sex Lies and Videotape. Yeah, they, was... he had the camera, he had the silver jumpsuit, and he had Midtown Manhattan. <laughs> and he had one trick, and it was to get women to take. Hello, <laughs> students. 
<laughs> anyway, we're going back. Anyway, okay, so we're talking about sustainability. But we're talking about principles. You know, he ugly George had a principle. He had one. He had one principle, and, and, he and it was about four it. inches long. Oh my God, no! All right, so we're bringing this back. What what we are, I think, ultimately getting at is, and this is again when Rachel does officially join the conversation is somewhere in her journey she found um something that felt right to her something that was authentic to her that led to something else that led to something else and now x number of years down the road there's this very vibrant self-sustaining not only lifestyle but um practice that uh as you said about the instagram followings like um are, uh, is attractive, is inherently attractive. People are looking for that. Well, it seems like a dream. I mean, it, it, and I can say right now that, you know, when, when, when Eric and I moved back here, and, you know, we had a bankruptcy, we lost everything, we lost our home, we lost, you know, our cars, we lost absolutely everything. Um, we t I took any job that came down the road. This is coming from, you know, an extremely privileged background. And, um, and we were lucky enough to have a, a relative help us get back up on our feet. But one of the things I kind of knew I was going to have to do was I was going to have to have a garden, you know, have have food available that wasn't just food that I could buy. So Rachel's one of the people, first people that I turned to. I found her on Facebook, um, her Sweet Woodland Farm. I started following it. And she was canning and pickling and, and you know, shearing her sheep and doing all this stuff. And it seemed like such a dream. And I'll be honest with you, like, she taught me how to, you know, can tomato sauce and make jelly and all these different things. And strawberry jam and and how to card you know I had angora bunnies for a little while but it is incredibly difficult it is not an easy choice it, it's not like the easy way out to 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 live it seems like it, it's the dream because you're in control of everything on your own but it is very very difficult and I of course could not sustain that kind of living because I'm a butterfly and I go from you know right. job and, to job right. but I and did it I, I mean I, it was always good to know as Rachel said I that I could get a salad out of my garden if I needed it yeah you know? and, I, and I don't know if, if she would use this word but it's it seems like it's cultivation you know it's cultivation of, of things that are around everybody and um, again like uh, I I'm not I'm not wired that way. Maybe I do it in my own way. I'm so proud. Like, you know, I I got oatmeal a couple of days ago at an establishment out here. I didn't finish it and brought it home and ate it the rest of it the next day. And I was wow. like, it made me feel good. That's amazing because, like, but I get leftovers and forget they're there. And then I open my fridge like a week later and I have to throw them out. It's terrible. I mean, I'm so wasteful. Yeah, but but and, I, I and I'm saying it. Be. I'm saying it like it's so that's so minuscule. Mm -hmm. That's so like you know my, micro in its conceit but in it there is that feeling of like i'm not being as wasteful as i could be right you know no, I, I get it and I mean, and moving forward in a in a planet with pushing eight billion humans uh the ability to be sustainable and the ability to like cultivate and recultivate things is going to probably be essential to um to humanity's ability to stay uh, at eight billion, right? Whether we're supposed to be at eight billion, I don't know. Well, we're gonna we're gonna come back and talk to Rachel Stevens from Sweet Woodland Farm, um, and and I really want to. I mean, th this is a conversation that could go on for hours. It, it's amazing to me because she she literally had to teach herself how to do everything, and uh, I mean, the, not just gardening and and all of that, which she had some experience with, but she uses hugel culture, which is this very interesting. Um, way of like rolling logs and putting the dirt over it and then the logs decompose and that's what um, 
you know, that's what, what feeds the, the, the plants and all the different plants that she grows and, and that she then makes them into these, you know, salves and syrups and all that stuff. It's it's amazing. And she right. has two kids that she's homeschooled and or still is homeschooling. So, I mean, she's Wonder Woman. And uh, we're going to come back and talk to Rachel Stevens from Sweet Woodland Farm. Uh, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Ocalo. And we'll be right back. Thanks. Hi, everybody. We're back. This is Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And we have our guest in the studio, Rachel Stevens of Sweet Woodland Farm. Welcome, Rachel. Hi. Thank you, Bridget. Well, I'm glad you're here. I know this is somewhat outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Usually I like to show people how to do things and not necessarily just talk about it. Well, I what you've done is... Um, you know, supposedly some of us, for some of us, kind of our dream, the American dream of being able to live off the fat of the land and uh, and not only that, but to do it in the Hamptons, no less. Mm. You're in Hampton Bays. And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your your decision. I mean, to, like you, you grew up in Springs, right? Yes. And then, but I also know that you lived in Pittsburgh because I know after this, the horrendous Yeah, events. I lived right there in Squirrel Hill. I worked oh, at wow. the Squirrel Hill Flower Shop. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. And then Did you see, by the way, um, I, it was just sent to me by my brother, um, the Pittsburgh Penguin hockey team changed their uniform to be a Jewish star this week. Really? Yeah. Oh, just as a sign nice? of unity. Okay. I thought that was pretty cool. Sure. I, so don't, I don't follow sports, but no, that's but interesting. No, I, but I, I'm just saying, I, he sent me a picture. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Very so, nice. So tell me, uh, how, how did this come about? This, mm. this you and, and Mike, your husband. Yes. And... Did you have kids already when you started this journey? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, how far back should I go? You know, I think I, the point when you said, hey, I, I'm going to live off the land and do as much, you know, I'm going to raise animals, raise my right. own food and can and pickle and knit and do all of those yeah, things. Well, yeah, how, like, how, what was your first endeavor? What was your first attempt? Okay, so I do have an educational background in horticulture. Um, and as you know, when you have your first child, you want to feed them the healthiest, most organic food as possible. And I made my baby all his um, all his food, and I froze it in ice cube trays and would heat it back up for him. And I knew where it was coming from. I knew it was organic and the healthiest possible. Um, I, and how, I old hooked, he, how old is Ben now? Oh, he's 15. Right. So this is about 15 years yeah. ago. Okay. So I hooked up with a friend of mine who was also really interested in a, a healthy lifestyle um and the two of us would go strawberry picking together and she for whatever reason already knew how to can so she kind of gave me some tips on how to make this strawberry into strawberry jam um and uh you know i thought about well you know since i already know how to grow plants why not grow plants that i can actually eat and feed to my family um so we we made a little vegetable garden in our backyard and planted some berry bushes. Uh, then this same friend of mine 
handed me a book and told me, you need to read this. I know which book this is going to be. Yeah. It changed my life, too. But that's exactly what she said. She said, just know this is going to change your life forever. And it, it really did. So the name of the book is uh, Animal Vegetable Miracle. By Barbara King Solver. Uh, yes. Um, amazing story about a family who picks up and moves cross country and decides they're going to live off the land. For one year. Yes. They, so right. they're not doing it for the rest of their lives. Right. I mean, so they had a finite decision. And she had two kids, didn't she? With like teenagers it, or yeah, something? Yep, yep. And so, it is an amazing uh, book. Right. And, and uh, just to go back to, to your inflection point. So it's becoming a mom and having a child mm-hmm. that, that you, you already had the basis of, of the education of growing and understanding the science of growing, but it's, it's the philosophy starts to emerge when you're holding your baby and you're realizing that you now mm-hmm. are going to raise your child a certain way. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I'm, uh, I think a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of what's going on with our food system and um, how it is no longer nearly as nutritious as it used to be. Um, a lot of it contains a lot of chemicals and is actually more harmful for us um, than many years ago. You know, this idea that we have what's called organic food now never used to even be a question. All right. food was organic. Right. Um, but, uh, you know. But the soil, I mean, not mm. meaning to bring everyone down, but I've heard that, you know, the soil just everywhere is so depleted now mm-hmm. that like a, what a bowl of spinach from the 1930s is like 16 bowls of spinach today. Like you would right. need to eat 16 bowls of spinach today to get the, right. the nutrition of one bowl of spinach. That would have been really hard for Popeye. It would have been easy for Popeye. We should all be Popeye. <laughs> no, today. Today. Oh, You'd Popeye, have to eat a lot of spinach. He would, he would be, be so like locked weak. up for weeks. He would not even be able to lift like the one pound weight right now. Seriously. On the spinach. Anyway, it's back. true. It's <laughs> true. Because of aggressive um, agriculture practices, uh, yeah. we've we've stripped the land and we're destroying the soils. And, so. and is that is that uh, something that can be reversed, or is it that we reached a point? Um, it it takes a long time. You know what what was the natural crust of the earth um, has been worked and worked and worked so much. Um, but it does. It takes time to rebuild it, and you could. Um, I don't know if it's too late. Well, let's know? get back to to. So you read Animal Vegetable Miracle, mm-hmm. and you decide this is it. I wanna. I wanna do this. Yeah. And and you say to your husband. Yeah. Let's do this. I said. Yeah. I told him. I'm Mike. We have to move. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, That's what every husband wants to, to hear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we really had a really nice home. Both of our children were born in the house. I had a home birth, birth with both of them, so we. Oh I gosh. have a very strong connection to this house. Occasionally, we pass by and we look at the trees where I buried their placentas. Yeah. So um, I still have George's placenta. My mom still has it in, okay. in her fridge, and she's going to be thirty, by the way. That's amazing. My, yeah. my mom refuses <laughs> now. Like the you know this the Sicilian superstition is yeah. kicked in. She's like George's healthy i'm not going to get rid of this placenta so anyway but um, okay i never heard that but i would tell people don't just don't look at what's in the bag in the bottom drawer (laughs) anyway so so you move to this place in hampton (laughs) bay this foie gras is really rich gross come on come on okay come on come on keep it clean (laughs) keep it it yeah so anyway so you you told Mike that okay we have we have to move and um, he liked the idea of looking at bigger property um, we like our privacy you mm-hmm. know him especially it's not really a people person um, 
and Long Island property is very expensive. So we actually took a trip to Maryland where there you could purchase 16 acres of land for what you could buy for maybe half an acre here. Wow. Um, and uh, it was a it was a very nice trip. You know, it was very educational. It was beautiful out there. But um, you drive an hour to get to town and all you have is a post office. Oh, no. You know, and yeah. you hear about this, but it it doesn't become real until you really actually see it. You know, can I live in this situation? Um, you know, we left Maryland and kind of talked, stopped talking about it for a while. Um, I don't know if you know this, but we almost bought three acres in Greenport. We were pretty oh, wow. close. Yeah. Problem there is that it was all wooded and we would have had to cut down you know, an acre and a half worth of trees, and that didn't right. sit right with me. Right, right. Because um, I know that, that you have cut some trees down on your property, but they've been dead. They've been dead. Right. We, we had the pine borer infestation, um, so every single one of our pine trees, about a hundred of them, all dropped dead. Wow. And uh, it's been probably three years of having to deal with that mess. So how much? How much land do you guys? have altogether and how much one, do you use one and three quarters um one and three quarters acres yes and on that you manage to like pretty much feed maybe we all have only half an acre of it that we're using and in that space we have a large tell, me, tell us everything that you have yeah because i'm i'm okay pretty uninitiated and curious a very large vegetable garden area we have a small orchard some baby apple trees um we have two sheep we have 50 chickens, a dozen ducks, and uh, we're down to two guinea fowl. Um, the um, the fox like to pick them up, so uh -huh. unfortunately, but we keep them to to eat the ticks. Um, and we have three Angora rabbits. Two of those is because of, of a, a fun project that Bridget and I. Uh, Our bunnies did fell together. in love. Yes, that was. <laughs> They're love bunnies. Yes, they had carrots a, and brownie. Carrots and brownie are the babies of yeah. our two bunnies. So. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a, like a failed TV show from the 70s. <laughs> Next, on Carrots and Brownie. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, but, but it was Samson and I can't, it was mine, Delilah? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Was she? I think so. I think I named her Delilah for that day, at least. Okay. So, and yes. Then we, then we cut all his hair off. They, they had a date. So, so let me it ask you about, I want to go back to the sheep. Um, hmm. Why sheep? Why, right. Good question. Um, <laughs> Belle uh, and... Kelly. Bell and Kelly are the sheep. Yeah. Um, funny story behind why, why I'll mention my, my best friend from high school, Kelly. We used to call her the white lamb. So I had oh, to okay. name one of my sheep after her. <laughs> um, so my brother and his wife purchased a house in Flanders and in the garage was a spinning wheel. And uh, mm, right. I, I took one look at that and I said, you, you don't want that, do you? Did you already know how to use it? No clue. Oh, my gosh. No idea. But um, I knew how to knit. My mother taught me when I was, uh, you know, approximately 10 years old. And when I was 12, I, I knit my first sweater. Wow. Oh, wow. Amazing. How right? long did that take? Uh, well, it took a trip to Holland and back. My, my mother's <laughs> from the Netherlands, and we used to you know, fly to the right. Netherlands, and I didn't speak Dutch. So while they had their conversations, you would be I, could, I would just be sitting there knitting. <laughs> and, and, and knitting with, like, just two... Yeah, Two that's what you use. Straight, straight knitting, knitting needles. needles, correct. But not like loom stuff or anything. No, of that. no, no, no. But the spinning wheel was going to give me the opportunity to make my own yarn. Mm. Right. 
Okay. See, I would look at a spinning wheel and I, I would not think, wow, I'm going to make my own yarn. I'd think like, wow, I wonder how much and I, I think can about get that for scene, that. And I think about that scene in like Harry Met Sally where uh, you Bruno right Kirby, and, yeah, it's like saying, we're going to be fighting over like a spinning wheel. Yeah, no, 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 it's not the spinning wheel. It's, it's the table. It's the table the around table the wagon wheel. With the wagon wheel and we're going to be fighting over that. Right, anyway, but so, so you decided that you were going to get sheep. Yes. Um, well, to backtrack yeah, a little yeah. bit. So I had to learn how to spin first, right? I didn't bring my hat and I, I had it on my head but forgot it at home. I wanted to show you my first hat that I knitted with yarn that I made. Wow. Um, so a woman who I had met, uh, Tabitha Hubbold. Yeah, I know her yeah. from Long Island. Uh, uh, y- yarn and Farm. Y- yarn, yarn and Farm is what she's calling it now. It used right. to be Long, Long Island, Island Livestock. Yarn. Right, Long Island mm-hmm. Yarn and Farm. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. She's in Yapang. She raises alpaca, uh, llamas, sheep. She makes her own yarn. And I asked her, would you mind teaching me how to spin? So she taught me how to use the spinning wheel. And um, from there, oh, yeah, of course. I needed to get some sheep, right? Yeah, of course. Yes. And, and, so and where, and where did you get your sheep? Um, from the uh, Suffolk County Farm in Yapank. Um, they were, were they baby lambs? They, they were baby lambs. Oh, were they so cute? They're they're. They were so cute. I bet. Yeah. Now they're big, dumb, stinky they're, sheep. They're no s- kidding. <laughs> well, they're they're very fat. I have to t- I have to say. They're, uh, they're big. They're big boned. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's genetic. <laughs> okay. They can't help it. Um, and 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 um, and so you 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 have these sheep purely for their yarn. Um, I use their manure also. They make amazing poop, and okay. I put it in the garden. Um, so you, they're they're. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're, yeah. 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 Well, you know what? We're, we're going to take another little break, and when we come back, we, we've talked to Rachel Stevens of Sweet Woodland Farm about how she started this journey. We're going to hear about, like, all the things that she does now because she's so involved in uh, farmers' markets and, and the entire agricultural scene out here on the East End. And also a fascinating um, thing that she started, a seed library in Hampton Bays. We're going to be right back with Sundays on East End. As soon as you're born, you start dying, so you might as well have a good time. Oh, no. Sheep go to heaven, goats go to hell. Sheep go to heaven, goats go to hell. We are back with Rachel Stevens, uh, Sundays on the East End. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're having a conversation that we're really just kind of uh, touching the tip of the iceberg uh, with Rachel. Um, there's so much that, that uh, we can talk about, and, and I, I would like to really steer the conversation the time we have left on some of the uh, areas that Rachel's passionate about. Well, and if I can just interject, I mean, one of the things that, that brought me to Rachel was that she was ho- holding these classes at her house in pickling and canning and knitting and all these things that I thought, God, I'm a woman and I, I mean, I'm a person and I don't know how to sustain myself at all. If the, mm. you know, the apocalypse comes, I, I, I'll be food instantly because there's nothing else if I can do. If the apocalypse comes, do you really want to be alive? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, if it, why? maybe not. Well, a, I mean, like, I mean, like, seriously, why? I like zombies. I have, I have a very deli- they would be fighting over this well, if brain. That's not that's a what don't don't let that go to your head. <laughs> very funny. But anyway, my point is is that you know Rachel is doing this stuff for herself. She's she's formed this 
this life for, you know, in, in her mind, at least conceptually for her children and for a better world and decides that's not enough and starts teaching. Mm. So, I mean, and you did have this educational background, but tell me about like having these, you started having classes at, at your home and then you've, it, it's grown even more than that. So tell me about the classes that you'd hold at your house and you still do. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it so much at my house anymore. I, I think in the summer I still do a couple of canning classes. They're fun. We do it outside um, with a farm-like background and um, people who are like-minded get to come together and learn a new skill. And they get to meet your bees and your sheep and your ducks and your chickens and, and the bunnies. And yeah. it's so great. Yeah. Um, and my turkeys, who's no longer with I us, know. she used to hang out with us and she would eat the, the strawberry tops when we were finished cutting those off as yeah. we were canning. We both had turkeys and our turkeys were siblings. They were sisters. Yeah, they were sisters. Yes. Anyway. But uh, so so you would have these classes. Mm -hmm. um, so now you're giving back to the community. And then you made a very large jump to decide to have this kind of heirloom seed library i mean tell me how that how that yeah came that's about. fascinating oh okay well this is um kind of a project that i always wanted to do but um i think two years ago uh, a man named mark fascinella uh paid me a visit at my house with his lovely wife Anne. um they handed me a pamphlet and left and honestly i thought they were jehovah's witnesses <laughs> like i i didn't really put much thought into it until i i was ready to have a lunch break and i read over their pamphlet information it turns out um, they are running a, a non-for-profit in Hampton Bays that it's all about uh, enriching the culture of Hampton Bays, and it's all about... What's it called? Um, the Ecological Culture Initiative. Okay. Um, and uh, we care very much about protecting our environment, and especially, um, at, you know, we live on an island, so we have... Um, we have to be really careful about what we're doing on our properties as, as you know, we don't want to over fertilize because the fertilizes, uh, we've seen what it's done to the our nitrogen waters. runoffs. Yeah. So uh, a lot of this is just, you know, raising awareness. Um, so back to the seed library, yeah. um, you know, I, I, okay. So I ultimately became a member of the ecological culture initiative. I'm called the agroecology director. I don't know what that actually means, but sounds it sounds very really fancy. cool, it's, it's doesn't it? It's a management position. So. <laughs> I know. I said, sure, sure, sure. I'll take it. Um, so I wanted to start the seed library. And what it is, is uh, we use an old card catalog, which you don't see in libraries anymore. And actually, it was really difficult to find one. Yeah. Um, and in the drawers, we cataloged um, free packets of seeds. So anybody in the community and actually anywhere on Long Island can come and take free seeds to plant in their gardens. No, and uh, what no. kind of stuff? What kind of yeah, seeds? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Um, all heirloom varieties. Um, and the reason is because you cannot save seeds from a hybrid variety vegetable and plant it and then save seeds from it again because it may not be of pure genetics. Mm. It's like a mule. Like it almost like it's almost sterile or something like that. Mm, it's not. No, it's not sterile. Oh, we'll just it, go it, with you it. Just, you, just, <laughs> no, you just you just don't really know, you know what, what it's going get. to be. Exactly. So what are some of the rarest, like what is the rarest heirloom seed that you've managed to save? Or um, some of them? I don't really know. Special. I don't know that there's anything very rare um, that we have in there, but we do have the Long Island cheese pumpkin has become oh, very yeah. popular on Long Island. Um, uh, Actually, we also Brendan O'Reilly from uh, 27 East, he just posted a picture of his mm -hmm. Long Island cheese pumpkins, and he's mm -hmm. in Eastport. He must have gotten the seeds from you guys. Mm, I Probably not. A okay. lot of people are saving the Long Island cheese pumpkin seeds. Um, and what do, what do Long Island cheese pumpkins look like? 
They it are like a big piece of Swiss cheese. No, Is that what you're picturing? No, no, I just because the name <laughs> cheese kind of and fleshy the pumpkin. Colored. Okay. Um, they're more flat rather than round. Okay. And, and they're the type and that you would want to eat. So right. They're so delicious. they're 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 better. Yeah, because I mean, we we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there's something about America that, or that just boggles my mind that we have this holiday in in Halloween, where we have thousands and thousands and thousands of pumpkins grown mm. that are just decorative that has and they're o- so expensive I, that's what i'm saying but like everything about <laughs> it is just boggles my mind uh-huh. in other words i mean that the, you know millions of people carve these pieces of food and then the squirrels and the, come and they eat them well they throw them out yeah. i mean it's not it's food i mean in another right. country in, in an african country I mean, we're wasting you know thousands of tons of food for this one you know experience mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of 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 of, of giving people. candy away yeah, or giving, getting uh, candy yeah. like it's the mm-hmm. whole thing is just warped is in my so mind weird, isn't it because we're, we're carving up and wasting the healthy like, food in order to give you sugar and you know corn syrup and food dye mm. kids <laughs> so don't eat this healthy <laughs> thing but please right. you but know, anyway let's go back let's stuff. go back to this because because like one of the things and and this has been true in in the in previous conversations we've had um you're having a call to service you're having a call much bigger than yourself. You mm-hmm. start, it sounds like, with uh, a very kind of holistic personal choice to do something for your child and for yourself mm-hmm. that then leads to something else, that then leads to something else. When, when you see a spinning wheel, you think, I want to use that, and you figure out, I know somebody that can help me. So you're reaching out into the world, and at some point, your expertise and your um, philosophy and your passion takes you that, well, now... I want to be in more active, you know, more publicly active, more community active. Right, so that's right. Yeah, and I really feel like I need to share what I've learned with as many people as I can. Absolutely. So I'd love to see people growing more vegetables, you know, get rid of this front lawn. I mean, it really it's serving no purpose whatsoever. Um, if we can, if, and I have this maybe, um, completely ridiculous dream is to see every front lawn in Hampton Bays transformed into an edible garden, whether it's going to feed your family or feed the wildlife. I I had heard of, uh, I think I read an article about a year and a half ago, a place called Long Island Farms that will cultivate your land for you and give you a portion of it. So if you don't want, I'm not doing an ad here and I might even be getting the name wrong, Mm -hmm. but the concept was fascinating to me that it's saying we're going to make it easy for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the land. Let us help cultivate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've heard of it too, and I, from what I understand, it's a extremely difficult task. Um, just getting the manpower and or woman power in mm-hmm. order to to accomplish that goal has been very difficult for them. Well, um, I, I just want to interject that we, mm-hmm. just in case people are joining us right now, we're speaking with Rich, Rachel Stevens of Sweet Woodland Farm, and you can visit her website at sweetwoodlandfarm.com. Uh, she has events and, and lots of information about her and her homesteading activities, but I think we met through the Long Island Homesteaders Facebook page or something like that. The Long Island Homesteaders Forum. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I had lots of questions back then, and you were always, I guess you were an administrator. I'm an administrator. Rachel Maris was the creator of right, the group, and, and really it's exploded. And and um, how many is people it, are is on it, that Facebook? I, I haven't actually checked the population like yet, but it, it's yeah, is it's it, unbelievable. Is it, um, traditional, like the word homesteading, mm-hmm. is uh, the way I've always heard it. It's like the government 
gives you a break on land. You cultivate no, like like in the, no, like no, the old west, like it's like we, you're gonna get the land, you're gonna use like isn't that homesteading? Well, this is yeah, this but, is Long Island when nobody has that opportunity. But, out so, but here. I'm saying, but I know, but you're, but the how how are you? How do you define the homesteading? Word? How do you define homesteading? Um, so you're producing as much of your food as you can on your own property, um, and handcrafting is a, a whole portion of this as well. So knitting weaving um and making your own like all of this stuff Which right you, uh, so rachel brought this beautiful box with with all kinds of um handcrafted items that mm -hmm. she's managed to to make from stuff that she grows or mm -hmm. stuff that you know other people have grown that you trade with and stuff like that it's just absolutely so fascinating to me and it's what everybody wants to do is to be right. that kind and of so, self-sustainable person so let me person. ask you this question like so you have well, we've talked about the popularity of and of the awareness of what some of the initiatives you're, you're involved with and what you're doing. Would you have any, like, just very rudimentary advice or, or suggestions to anybody that might be interested in dipping their toe in? Okay. Um, I'm actually, I, I work with uh, preschoolers. I, I run gardening classes at the Montessori School and the It Takes a Village Preschool, and I'm teaching them the same way that I'm teaching adults is how to plant a small garden. And anybody can plant a seed. And so this is, this is the way I teach them. Um, everybody hold up your planting finger. Which is what, your right? index finger? It's your, usually your index finger. And you're going to poke a hole into the soil as far down as you can go. <laughs> Just if people could see right? us, we're all actually doing this right, right now right. in the yes. studio. Okay. okay, now you're going to take your bean seed. And now if you look at the bean seed, this is actually a bean. Did you know this? No. A lot of what? people are so far oh, removed from their food that you don't even realize that... Uh, that makes sense. You, like the sprout, when it the, sprouts. No, but it's a open up bean. the bean pod, bean. inside are beans, right? You could go to, uh, you know, one of these uh, Whole Foods or Wild by Nature and buy an organic dried bean. You could plant that and it's going to grow into a bean plant because wow. that's what it is. It's a seed. Right. So you're going to put your bean seed into this hole. You're going to cover it up. You're going to give it a little pat pat and kiss it goodnight. This is the same way it's that I teach adults. Goodnight, it's the kissing the kissing goodnight. Yes, that's the, the, the most. Dirt. It's the most important <laughs> part because now you've sprinkled your magic into it. I think if you oh, name wow. it though, then then you have an emotional. Can we call it Beanie? Beanie. <laughs> <laughs> My Beanie baby. Anyway, but and then you water it. You water. Come on, guys, hold it together. And then and then you. You you water it and you it grows water it because yes. you know what? Even when I posted this on Facebook and Instagram, and we had all these people who are like so excited you're here, Rachel, and 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 want to do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And there was one woman, and you answered her, who said, "Oh, I could never do this. I would starve." People think that it's very very difficult, and clearly, if you live the lifestyle, mm -hmm. it is you know sun up to sundown and more. I mean, mm -hmm. it is not easy what you do. But you wrote to this woman, hey, start small, plant a bean. Exactly. And I, I find that a lot of people that get involved in wanting to grow a garden, they start too big, um, become overwhelmed, and give up on it and say, I don't have a green thumb. I can't do it. But what and you I, do is. And I said that before we went on the air. You said that. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what? Start with one perennial herb plant. If you can keep a, pre a peppermint plant alive in a pot, which could everybody could, <laughs> I mean, peppermint. Right. Okay, yeah. that will give you the satisfaction and the the um, the.
the drive to want to do more. Do you remember that I, I we had peppermint, and because it, it just takes over your garden, we put it in a tire. Yeah. And so remember what Eric called it? No. He called it our retirement fund. Oh. That was really funny. <laughs> Thanks, EJ. But anyway, but you don't just plant. This is not a planting show. This is not a gardening show. We're talking about living off the land. And, mm-hmm. and you do that with the knitting. And also the food preparation. That's that's. I think that's true. But, but you know what? A common a common uh, uh, attribute of of almost everything we're talking about is is your basically children are teaching us. Yes, and uh, okay. So I do the farmers markets, and I was at which the farmers Hampton, markets do you the do? The Southampton farmers market, uh, the one in Hampton Bays, and um, I'm hoping to do the one in Riverhead this this winter. Oh, great! So um, a child, you know, noticed me, and you know, get real shy and hide behind their mother because they recognized Miss Rachel, <laughs> and um, they, that's Miss Rachel, and and the mo- the mother said to me, oh. We started a compost pile at our house because my child, who you taught how to make a compost pile, taught me how to do it. Oh wow! So, um, so you are spreading it. I mean, it is. But it is like, but, but, but like, like a virus. No, 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 I think that's true. But I, I want to get back to this again, because like, I think this is so. I I identify with this. You know, when when I became a dad, mm-hmm. and um, my children came into the world. Um, I had no idea the profound effect it would have on all aspects of my being, sure. on my philosophy, on my ethics, on everything, my mm-hmm. spirituality, on everything. And I would like to believe I've learned more from them than they'll, I'll ever teach them in my own way. What I'm hearing, which I love, is that you're, you're still, so you've done this with your children, but you're still, this is how you, you interact this is your philosophy, I think, like that I'm hearing, is that you will go into a, a, a school and show kids. You will go to the farmer's markets and invite kids to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And those kids are going to then hopefully have an effect with their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's do you, cool. Do you also, uh, I mean, just to get to the kind of financial aspects of this, I mean, do you find that you save money by living the way that you do I mean I really really don't you don't think you no, do. but it, it's extremely satisfying to know that I can grow all these tomatoes and I can preserve you're, it you're growing a different kind of green you know, and you know what if for some reason I do have you know financial insecurity mm-hmm. or if the the electricity goes out um, I know what I'm gonna do to to survive this so I've seen the inside of your pantry Mm. Explain some of the things that you, like in January when the snow is thick on Mm. the ground, what can you make? You open up your pantry closet and you see what? Right. Um, I have a lot of canned tomatoes. I have a lot of pickles. You know, my, can I tell you how sick of pickles my, my kids just don't want pickles They're anymore? They're sickles. <laughs> I love your pickles. So That's you have hilarious. pickles and you have right. tomato sauce. What are some of the other things that you preserve? Um, I will actually buy dried beans and I'll can those. We use a lot of beans. Uh, you save a lot of money actually if you're canning your own beans and they're so much more nutritious. And, and you have the eggs from your chickens and as well. I, yes, of course, of course. And actually I have way more eggs than we could ever consume because chickens are like potato chips and you just can't have, have just, just one. Just I know. One. It's called chicken so, math. How many chickens do you have? Uh, let me think. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have lost. around 50 now. <laughs> um, yes. All right, so and, and, and <laughs> all right, so 50 chickens. Yeah. And, and, uh, and ducks. But a dozen ducks. What, what's the most challenging aspect of having 50 chickens? Mm. 
um, feeding them is actually, um, it's not free. You know, I have to continue to buy feed for them. I, I don't live in an area where I can allow them to to uh, free range and eat the pasture. Um, we have a lot of overhead predators, so I really do have to keep them safe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that I have to feed them. I have to buy them grain. Um, right. But taking care of them is as simple as can be. You know, whether you have six or you have 50, it's really the same amount of work. Crazy chicken ladies. And I hear they taste like chicken. <laughs> oh, God. Well, she, you're a I don't. I'm actually a vegetarian, I, yes. I'm not, I'm not casting any... And, as- and I don't either, and I, I have absolutely no problem with people raising their own chickens. I, right. I, I have, they have all my right. respect. So, let's, so again, let, let's, let's go back to... So you're, you're um, part of the uh, Ecological Cultural Initiative. Yes. Um, are there other initiatives that you spend time with? Um, Yeah, so we're working on a a garden which is located at the St. Joseph's Villa, also in Hampton Bays on Lynn Avenue. Uh, We have a plot there that is 60 by 120, and we're working to make this uh, an edible garden. And we would like to donate all of the produce that comes out of here to families in need, to food pantries, and possibly the senior center. That's really cool. Because, I mean, when I see my husband and I did... We were lucky enough to be out here, but we did have to get most of our food from the uh, East Hampton Food Pantry Mm -hmm. for a few months. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing um, because we were lucky. It it was people like you who were donating the fresh food or else it would have been horrible stuff. You might might have said it, so forgive me if you have to repeat, but like, how did you get Mm -hmm. the land for that initiative? Um, I actually have a friendship with the sisters. Uh, my family and I have known them for a long time. We spend Christmas Eve in their their beautiful location there on the water. I'm not sure how Mark, who's the founder of ECI, he came to know them, but we, we lease that a uh, little bit of property with them, from them. Right, but, but you know, whether it's learning how to can or learning how to weave or even this, it's, it's people reaching right. out to people. And in this garden, we're asking for volunteers to help grow, and in that process, they're going to learn how to grow, so they can take that knowledge home with them and so, grow and where, on their if, own So if you property. want to volunteer, where could you go to... Uh, Go to our our website, eciny.org. You can find me under... eciny.org. You can find me under people, and uh, you'll you'll see my... Is there a link on your Sweet Woodland Farm? No, actually, I don't have a link from there. Okay, well, we're going to take one more uh, break here on Sundays on the East End, and we're going to come back with Rachel Stevens of Sweet Woodland Farm and the Ecological Cultural Initiative. And I want to hear, like, what one day is like. I want to hear your day from sunup to sundown, what you have to do, because I think uh, it's going to be uh, illuminating to some people. So uh, you're here on Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And we'll be back in a minute. Hi, everyone. We're back. It's Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. And we're here on Sundays on the East End with our special guest, homesteader and witch doctor, Rachel Stevens of Sweet Woodland Farm. You can find her on SweetWoodlandFarm.com or follow her Facebook page at Sweet Woodland Farm to find out events she's doing, whether you want to learn how to can your own 
vegetables or fruits mm. or you know learn how to knit I mean she does all these different classes but I did ask you just before the break I mean what like give me your busiest day like what do you do in a busy day? give it to me yeah so we want to hear admittedly I am not a morning person I know that yes because <laughs> I am <laughs> and I've gotten really really good at sleeping through the roosters crowing <laughs> Right. And, so, and and the clock is changing or just changed by the time you're listening yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah. And so, sure, sure. And, you know, the roosters don't know that. And they're no. going to crow as the sun is coming up no matter what time the clock says. Right. Um, but uh, sometimes I'm out there in my pajamas feeding the animals and I have to let them out. All these, uh, the birds have to be locked in securely at night or the raccoons will get them. And that's a daily chore is remembering to lock them in at night and let them out in the morning. Right. Um, so you have to feed your chickens? I have to feed my chickens, and, and I have, have to feed ducks. my dog. Actually, the sheep come first. Okay. The, my loudmouth sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and actually we used to joke because um, it was Ben, my son's job, to feed the sheep, and we would say they're actually saying, Ben, come <laughs> feed us. <laughs> You're a very <laughs> clever mummy, aren't right. you? <laughs> Um, which is also why they're a little fat because um, they're very noisy, and to shut them up, you want to give them more hay. The, the squeaky sheep. Gets the, the hay. hay. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and, uh, you know, coffee, coffee, coffee. Right, right. coffee, coffee, coffee. Right, right. And uh, then Off I get the my sheet. kids set up with their homeschool work because I think you mentioned that I homeschool my kids as well. Um, That's like a conversation for a whole nother uh, episode because I'm fascinated by that. But I, let's not. I'm just saying. I, I think every kind of phrase with the word home in it, I'm doing. So I'm homesteading. I'm homeschooling. I had home births. Um, I home can. Yeah. You know. You're a homie. It's a it's a home run. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So so then so you get the sheep done, you get your kids set up, you yep. have coffee, coffee, yep. coffee, yep. you let the birds out, you have to change the ducks' water. I, uh, yeah. In the uh, middle of the summer you have to pick all the beans and tomatoes and everything off of all the plants. Yeah, but not just besides what I'm doing there. The now I'm I'm I also helping other people in their own properties learn how to do this. So I, I'm being paid to do this as well. That's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I industry. You know, yeah, getting paid to do what you love. Mm -hmm. They were going back to you and deciding to be a writer. Right, no, and, and, mm -hmm. and you and, and all your endeavors, we're trying to we're all oh. trying to get figure out, no, we're all trying to figure out how to get paid. Right. Or sustain ourselves and our loved ones in an authentic way. Hmm. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we do have this annoying thing called a mortgage that has right. to be paid. So, right, right, right. Yeah, I do have to work, but I get to um, I get to do it with doing something that I love. And and the, the you know, you were really nice and generous enough to bring Bridget um, <laughs> Not, Sorry, not you. I'm not being passive aggressive. I'm not being passive aggressive. I'm saying you I'm didn't so know you didn't know me from Adam. So, so, but you you brought mm. uh, several things that you've made and cultivated. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we could talk about that a little bit because that yeah, like really it's part of your it. day. Like you're saying you have to work, and you have to mm -hmm. feed those, but you're also like producing stuff. Yes. So what Bridget just put on her lips, this mm. is um, a salve, and that's how, how you pronounce it, although a lot of people call it a solve. And you can call Sorry. it that because it does solve your problems. <laughs> um, what it is, it's a natural ointment. Um, it has no petroleum. And what I do to make this is first you have to make an oil infusion, and I'm taking medicinal herbs, and I'm infusing them into usually an uh, organic olive oil. 
And once that's been done, I'm mixing in coconut oil and then beeswax. And the beeswax is... Is it from your bees? Um, some of it's from my bees. That's but so cool. because the demand is so high, I don't have enough beeswax to provide for this. So I am uh, purchasing beeswax So you from... don't just mind your own beeswax. Oh, you're so oh, funny. Wow. <laughs> oh, good one. Look what I did. Um, um, but, but what I did want to ask you, tell us some of these, because I think it's so romantic. Tell us some mm-hmm. of the names of some of these medicinal herbs and plants that you grow so the one that you're you have there has bee balm in it Mm. um bee balm has become one of probably my favorite at this point um medicinal herb it changes year after year um bee balm is calming it's wonderful for the digestive system and it's also uplifting because it has that wonderful lemony scent see i like the name whorehound you would. <laughs> does everything is it, does everything like sound like with two H's or two B's or yeah, whatever? yeah. So like, whore, tell me about whorehound because I do have that because yeah. you gave me some. Yeah. So uh, white whorehound is what you have, and <laughs> of you can course. share. Oh god! Just play the race card. That's it. That, thanks. <laughs> okay. Fascinating. So tell me about what white whorehound can, can do. This, you can make this as. Um, Use it in a lozenge, and it's great for soothing a sore throat. Right, mm-hmm. and then also the anise hyssop is that that's that's another one of my favorite herbs. I love um, it. It smells like licorice. It's actually great for as a liver cleanse. So it's good for liver support. You take it internally. Um, I use it in a tea that helps uh, digestion. And what about rue? Because I never know what to do with my rue. Yeah, and not rue the day. If you and say that, I will. I will hurt you, Alec. Why would you even think I would go there? Because I, I saw your mouth go. Rrr. No, I'm like thinking about rue like like rue like when you make gumbo. Oh like right, like rue. That's what uh, I'm thinking about. That's the oh, flour no, the rue, and R-O-U-X. butter mix. Rux. I'm just. I'm just. This is R U E. Right. R-U-E is the plant. And what do you use that for? Well, and, and actually... Can I, it be deadly? I, really? I thought so. Maybe not. I, I'm not aware of that. But um, it, it's actually um, very popular with the um, Latin community. I, I sell these plants, the medicinal plants, at the farmer's markets also. And rue is very popular with them. They, they see it and they're very excited to purchase it. Why? What is they, it Yeah, and I was curious also. They said it's also great for a sore throat. Oh, well, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you have all sorts of different medicinal plants, and you also create Mm -hmm. these. So I have four tea blends, and um, currently the only ingredient that I have in there that I grow myself is the lemon balm. Uh, So I'm looking to It's all organic, and it's all... Local. Yeah. Oh, of course. And I'm I'm sourcing the herbs that I'm not growing myself from farms that are upstate New York. Um, however, my new venture is to grow all of these herbs myself. So I'm oh. I'm looking to lease some farmland on the North Fork starting next year. And we haven't even talked. I mean, it, it's not like you just grow them. I mean, you also have to dry them. You have mm. so many different. Your day is just completely full with this. It is. There needs to be ten of me. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you ever like eat a hot pocket? Um. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay, I'm just wondering. Like, 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 look of horror on Rachel's face. Like, no, but like, is there ever a moment where you're like, I just want to have a hot, a pocket. hot pocket? No, but I like potato chips. That's you awesome. Do, so that's your, guilt, that's, your guilty, that's your guilty no, pleasure. No, I really, I don't make them. Like that, you that's like, your you guilty know, pleasure. I'm, I'm not, I'm not perfect. And honestly, it's, it's a lot of work. I, I have so much respect for people who truly do live off the land. Mm. And I had this, you know vision in my head of you know moving with my family to this new piece of property and we were going to live off the land and the kids were going to be you know going collecting the eggs and we were going to be canning everything together and my kids are like 
this is not this sucks. cool. This sucks. Right. I don't want to have anything to do with this. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's give so. a shout out to Raina, your daughter, because she has started like baking stuff yeah. and people are buying it. Yes. Yeah, so and she's, she's how old? She's 12. She's 12. And she's like professional what's she baking. baking. What's she she's baking? been doing this for two years already. And she has a new business that she's calling The Witching Well. And everything she bakes is gluten free because she needs to be gluten free for dietary reasons. It actually made her very sick to have gluten. But does she have celiac? Or? Um, no, she's just very intolerant to it. She has digestive problems. So The Witching from Well. It. And where can, where can one find. I, uh, you know, she asked me that um, to buy her a domain name for a Christmas present this year. So we're working on that. That's so cool. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So where, if people want to be in, get in touch with you, Rachel, to find out about any of the stuff, about the classes that you lead, about the ecological um, cultural culture initiative, initiative or Sweet Woodland Farm and these things that you're now I don't want to say bottling, but that you're preparing these mm-hmm. these uh, packaging. teas, packaging teas and salves sure. and and syrups and all this different kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Where can they find you? So my website is sweetwoodlandfarm.com. Uh, my email address is sweetwoodlandfarm at yahoo.com. Is Sweet Woodland uh, the name that you guys created, or was it the name of the property? I, I create. I'm so glad you asked me that. Actually, my mother's maiden name is Suithout. And uh, that is Dutch. It means sweet wood. Oh wow, that's oh, so that's cool. So yes, I didn't know that. And so, and so that. again, you as the child are actually paying it forward in some way. Absolutely, I hope to. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Well, Rachel, I can't thank you enough, and I love to to come to your to your farm. And if anybody ever gets an opportunity, because you do have some kind of open farm days and you plant sales and things like that, yeah, I really recommend that people uh, go to your Facebook page, Sweet Woodland Farm, or to your website, SweetWoodlandFarm.com, and go and visit and meet all the chickens and the duckies and the sheep, and it's it's such and, a fun and, thing. And to I do. would just add for myself, but to anybody that that is listening and and is as uninitiated as I have been uh, it starts with one one bean. seed one, one, bean s- seed. one bean seed that's what it starts with it just it, take the chance do something out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and and see uh, what grows sure wonderful well thank you so much for being with us and uh, thanks to our producer Kyle Lynch for thank another you, Kyle. enlightening episode of Sundays on the East End with the two of us and we're going to be back next week we'll, until then be well, stay well. Thank you. Funding for Sundays on the East End is provided in part by CP Complete Construction and Renovation, with additional support from the Independent and from Just Beyond Infinity Googleplex. Okay.